everybody. Welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe. And today we are doing our first official UAP book club. I'm just going to bring in our guests. So we have Mr. Vinny Adams from Disclosure Team. We have oh. Mr. Sean, whose last name I don't know, from Witness Citizen and our guests of honor. Well, one of them, Graham. So hello, hello. everybody. We're here to discuss this. Uh, it's been called the Spider <laughs> Bible. <laughs> It's a big girl, man. She's fat. She's got a booty. So um, we've also got our. I got my little things. <laughs> um, so what I'd like to have everyone do, we have more guests joining us later. We have the artists joining about the half hour mark. And uh, so that would be Dan and Olaf. Um, I sent Olaf a message. So he said yes, but I didn't get a second confirmation. So we'll see if he pops up or not. He said he would. So I think he will. But what I'd like to do is kind of have everybody go around, introduce themselves, and give their impressions of the book that are here right now. So we can start with Mr. Vinny Adams. Thank you. Thank you as well. I just want to say thank you for inviting me. Um, it's a, an honor to be here to talk about this book. The, the moment I, this came out, I was like, I need to read this book. It was a, a part of the subject that I'd never really delved into before because I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to start. There was no one I've got to look here or look there. So obviously picked it up straight away, dug straight in. Um, what struck me straight away was the depth and detail of research. Every single, almost every single page, there are footnotes that you can go and, you know, see where the information came from. And I have to say, I did it an awful lot. And I just found myself in them, them rabbit holes for a long time. Um, now, Graham, you actually tweeted something out a few weeks ago about between now and the 16th if you read this many pages a day you'll have finished it by then and i actually i actually went by that tweet all the way through so i knew how you know if i was going to come too close to the end with still like 100 pages to go like with a day to go so i appreciate that tweet um yeah the book was just just phenomenal i mean you you get the military aspect of it the real history um yes you learn about the food fighters but you learn so much about how things operated through world war ii on on all fronts and i found that just incredible so kudos graham um now i've got notes here um but i've just picked out loads of different little cases and sightings that happened um a couple of interesting points so yeah i mean I, that's kind of where i'm at with it I, and yeah i'm just can't wait to talk about it Awesome. What about you, uh, Sean? Any first impressions or what are you thinking, you know, um, yeah, about I mean, so far? <laughs> uh, well, the book, the book is obviously fantastic. Um, when you have somebody that is just a genuine good person and, um, you know, puts that into their work, you're going to get something that's really good. So um, we got a lot of something that's really good here because it's a lot of pages. So other than being a good weight, um, it is crucial. I've learned it in my study um, of UFOs and UAPs, um, especially with where I'm at right now, I'm just so deep into the 50s and Dr. La Paz in 47. You know, this is the this is the pre the preclude. You know, this is you know, part one, and I've been already on to part two, part three, you know, so for me, it's, it's really, really intriguing, um, especially learning about all the same, you know, attributes that these things have and did um, that match all the reports I've been 
reading in different ways, uh, all the way from the, the sky mines, which make me think maybe I should be researching other aspects of this to see if, you know, any of that's possible in what I look at. So um, I really appreciate that. And yeah, it reads like a war book and I love that stuff. So yeah, yeah I love it. And I can't wait to yeah, talk about the, the unique different parts in it, especially the, the V3, which looks like it came straight from Star Wars. <laughs> that thing is crazy looking. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I can't wait to get into it. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. Some are speculative, but that's what I like doing. Um, so yeah, I can't wait. All right. So my impressions, I finished the book. I read the last chapter, the last two, because the last chapters are smaller. I read those last night because I've been reading it, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And I remember when he said that, like, oh, if you read like 80 pages a day, it's like 20 or something, <laughs> you'll be fine. But um, it's uh, so I thought like everybody said here is a perfect mix of history um, and UFOs before Roswell and the Foo Fighters, because I've been, a, you know, not I wouldn't want to say a victim to but I've definitely been guilty of reading information on Foo Fighters and then finding out in this book that it's a bunch of crap. Um, <laughs> and your sources are amazing. Like there's there's nothing that you put in here that somebody can't go look into themselves. Like at the bottom of every page, there is cliff notes, there's websites, there's cliff notes of websites. And um, that was really impressive because I can't even imagine how many research hours and how many papers you've had, you know, accounts you've had to read. And you said this was just online right like you could you couldn't there's more available if you were able to travel so this is completely impressive in the fact that you got so much information online and um sorry i have notes because i have adhd so i have to make sure that i say everything um i'm not like a plane person so i don't know anything about aviation other than like i can recognize like oh that's a world war ii plane but i don't all the like um the names yeah, for that me neither i didn't know and i didn't know a lot about it so i'm really grateful that you went to descriptions and then you added all the pictures later in the book because to me i was like i started to look them up and then i finally flipped through and realized there was pictures of them so that was pretty awesome for people that enjoy the subjects i'm a world war ii fan i love history but i don't know like the details details like you of like the planes that were used and the different types of you know missiles and stuff like that and the and like the research that was being done at the time to develop them so um, you really left like nothing unturned in this book. Like if you saw somebody saying something, like if you had somebody say a story or a, or somebody made a report, like this is what happened with Foo Fighters. I know what I'm talking about. You researched that and then maybe you found that, but then you researched that. So you left like nothing unturned, maybe except for the ones in person that you said you weren't able to get to. So that's my general thoughts of the book, like as a whole. So um, I think that we could just move on to like um, Vinny, like what are some like talking points to you that you want to, you know, you said you had some points. I have a lot too. You guys saw my cat, the kitty sticky notes, but. <laughs> I should also say before we get to that, I, I wanted to say this, that he's, a, he's great at, um, this is really hard for people to do, uh, but he's really great at creating the picture of what's happening in your mind as you read it, you know, especially during those dog fights in the cold, dark nights um and flying hours through that you know so um he really did a good job of putting me there so just wanted to say yeah, yeah, can I just say this? Head, right? <laughs> yeah 
can I just say at this point, I mean, it's when you're writing a book like that, I think it's difficult to to try and get a voice that everybody can hear because it, it'd be easy for somebody who has a lot of knowledge about a subject just to write as if they assume everybody else has the same level and you can't write a book like that. Or at least you can, but no, nobody will read it. So mm. in order to have, it, to have it a wider audience and one who can appreciate it and maybe learn from it, you have to set a level a bit lower down. Um, and that's not condescending anywhere like that. It's just that you lose your audience if you, if you pitch it too high, um, and you can fall into a, everybody can fall into a trap if they have knowledge about a subject, whether it's, you know your music, Sean, or your skateboarding, you know Vinny, you know, or, or whatever you're interested in, Priscilla. You know, it's the kind of thing that you, it's an easy trap to go into. So all the time, I was conscious that look, I have to explain this. I have to dive a bit deeper into it. I have to come up with a bit more description. Um, you know, I've got to put myself into somebody else's shoes and, and sit and look like if I'm reading it, how much, what am I going to get from this? And that's the most difficult bit about it for me for when I'm writing books. I can't say that's the same for anybody else, but that's, you know, that's where mm. my kind of um, where I fall over sometimes. But hopefully I have. Well, from what you're saying, I seem to manage to succeed this time. So but that's, yeah. that's quite a difficult challenge. Yeah. You have instilled the fear in me when I was reading as some of those pilots had, or must have had, you know, it, it was really good. So I appreciate that. Just wanted to say that because yeah. that's something I could totally forget and I don't want to. Yeah, I wanted to say that I forgot about that, too, because just in the beginning when he's writing, you know, the the story that you made. In the very beginning of the book, after the yeah, um, yeah. yeah I was like, oh yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> it's so good. It's after the forward. It's I'm gonna say it wrong. Um, so yeah, you prelude, were talking yeah. about the prelude. There we go, the preload. So when I was reading that, I was just like, so after you read the forward, you're already like in this state of mind where like you're there. Like when he when you read his forward, you're just like. It's like it brings you, it, I swear it transports you when you have a good writer. And then you did that with a prelude too. And then when you're like, oh, this is, this is kind of something I like made up. <laughs> I was like, that I was uh, taken in by it. So um, in such a way where I really like, it was great. Like I, I do a lot of, I think a lot in my head, I get pictures in my head. So um, with your words, yeah. like I felt like I was watching like a movie as you were describing Completely. it. So that's really good because when you have a history-based and a fact-based book, it's it's hard for some people to um, kind of comprehend it, take it in. And sometimes for some people, they can't pay attention. So to me, you mixed the facts and the history with like great visuals and great storytelling as well. Thanks. Yeah, it makes it, it's the kind of thing that makes me not really get too into fantasy or fiction books. You know, you don't need it. Like real life is is pretty interesting. <laughs> you know, so it is. Yeah, um, I just wanted to ask as well, Graham, for my benefit and possibly for everyone else's. Mm. Is I think one thing that really stood out to me was it seemed like a book that was could be five ten years in you know how long it took you to write it and research and everything and then when i found out how long i was shocked can you just talk us through that and the process a little yeah bit? so the, the book took seven months to write uh, that's that's how long it wow. took um I'd had, I had an idea probably in either end of november begin december last year to actually write a blog article would you believe on just the flying saucers and the myth element of it wow and it came out. It came out of that idea, 
And then I started looking at the Foo Fighters as well. And I got to about a couple of pages, and I did actually write something down about the the, the, food, the, the, the flying saucers, uh, the, the flying discs. And that actually is, what I wrote down is pretty much what is in chapter, whichever one it was to, to do with those discs. The first couple of paragraphs is exactly what I wrote back then. I just changed a few words to put in the book. But then I sort of chucked it away and I just forgot about it for a few weeks. But then in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, look, I can write more about the Foo Fighters than I can about this. So I sort of thought about it over Christmas a bit and maybe over New Year and just sort of thought, look, I can actually do some research. And I did a little bit of initial research, just for, uh, might even been a few days, to see how much I could find beyond what was actually in the official records. And I was quite surprised what it turned up. And clearly, I was looking at places where nobody had looked before, just in the R just in the Royal Air Force records. And I came up with you know a half a dozen different cases over the space over the maybe a period of two nights. And I thought, well, there must be a hell of a lot more here. And this because this is a this is a like a, just a small cost cross section of what I can find. And so I just went for it and thought, yeah. When I started amassing enough, I thought I've got enough for a book here, and it may be wow. only a couple of hundred pages. And then I thought, well, you know, and then it just developed from there and it just took life of its own. So, yeah, so that's where you've, you've got to there. The only thing I had, the problem I had, Vinny, was actually keeping it to a manageable proportion. So it wasn't like a house brick. You know, that could have been, that could have been, that could have been a couple of hundred pages more, you know? Wow. So, yeah, yeah, quite easily. Because no, I have really, a habit really... of actually writing more than I possibly need to write. So, <laughs> if anything, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm too wordy, but I think I'm. I, I have a habit of maybe over, you know, over explaining things. So, um, you know, that that's possibly I might need to, to rein myself in a bit. There are things that I have left out that possibly could have stayed in, but I think an editor might have gone and looked. Yeah, you can't have that in. So, yeah. you know, I could have put more pictures in as well. Um, for, for you know, for people like Priscilla, who maybe doesn't you know didn't know all the ins and outs of what I was talking about, but would like those kind of you know visual clues. Um, but I have to leave them out, you know, because just for size, unfortunately, um, because you get to a point with these self-published books that you just don't get any money because the printing costs are too high for each individual copy. So I had to draw a line somewhere, I'm afraid. Yeah. You could always accompany it with a, like a picture blog that goes into further detail on the different things. Could, yeah, yeah. But I that, could do that. You know, that's, a, that's a good idea. I think idea, you've done actually. enough, if you ask me. But oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, like until the, until the Pacific book. <laughs> how many cases you went through? You have like names, like you mentioned a case or you know a record that you found and you researched, and then you have every name that you could find you have their ranks you have where you found it you have the clip notes in the bottom or the footnotes at the bottom where you can find it it's just how many cases do you think you actually like sifted through oh well i mean i can tell you how many records in terms of squadron records because each squadron so let's say one bomber squadron 15 squadron each year would have had one file per month for the record of, of events there was also an accompanying summary, summary of events for the same month. There were two different ways of saying the same information. So you have two records for each month, for each squadron. And bear in mind, there's probably about two or 300 different squadrons flying operations over Germany from different angles over the wall. So that's quite a lot of records over, say, 1942, 43, 44, and 45. And then, of course, I have a look at the American records as well, because they have a quite a lot of bomber units in Britain during the war operating over Germany, and also ones based in Italy operating over you know, in northern Italy and the Balkans, etc. So a lot of records. Some of them are completely unreadable, so you just have to you know, discard them. And, and what I've said on other podcasts about the RAF records, they're patchy. So some are really good, some are very you know, sort of poor, and some are abysmal. 
Um, so you can only obviously get information from the ones that are really good. So actually, out of all those record hundreds of hundreds of records I looked at, there are probably more cases just for the fact that it was actually poor reporting and they're not there. So that so that's another reason why that really? book could have been bigger. That's awesome. So we're going to carry this on, but we have our surprise guest. Um, thank you, Graham, for doing this. Uh, we have You're Mr. welcome. Kale. Um, oh, what? <laughs> Good morning, everybody. So, thank you so much for coming. I was really nervous to message Hi, you because I didn't think you would notice it. And then I was like, Graham, like I messaged him, but last minute I was being a chicken. So he reached out to you, and I'm very grateful that you were able to join us because we have to talk about what you wrote in here and how amazing it was. So I don't well, know. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much I'll, for taking your time. I miss you, buddy. I miss you too, man. All kudos go to Dan this morning for cutting through the red tape and finding me uh, before I had my coffee. So, uh, so, 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 so bl blame Dan Zetterstrom. Um, oh, he's amazing. <laughs> If he hadn't woken me up, I wouldn't have gotten the messages. So. <laughs> well, um, we'll, we'll definitely thank him and blame him for you. Please excuse the horrible decor and, oh. and obviously far too much light. Um, no, it's nice outside. It's I'm wonderful. Out, we're, I'm out in the middle of actually a tennis match with my with my family and stuff, but uh, oh, I wasn't going to miss this. Well, so, thank you uh, so much. You're welcome. Where would you like me to start? Um, okay, so I just have to say this forward, like, I was just telling Graham about his prelude. Like it took me like into like a movie. I, I felt like I was there, and I have to say, like the way you wrote it and just the experience in general was just so. Um, it moved me. Like I had tears in my eyes when I was reading it because it felt so real and so like I know that you were putting so much of your heart into what you were writing. So I would like to know like the process. Like what was that like, kind of revisiting that for you, and what was it like when you know how did he reach? How did Graham reach out to you um, to do this? Um, well, first I, I met Graham through Dan. Dan's kind, Dan Zetterstrom's kind of my spirit animal. He's he's the one who he's the Sean Whisperer who knows how to how to how to get through to me. Um, but he uh, he introduced us. He he told me he was working on the artwork with Olaf uh, for Graham's book. And as time went by, it just uh, he introduced me to Graham, and then the subject came up, and and Graham asked me. I was very honored. Um, to me, it's it's an incredibly important subject. And I was really honored to do it, but it wasn't until I'd really, I went through the, read the books the second time and I read it with a different hat on kind of, I read it from the uh, state of mind of, of my father having a chance to read it. And um, well, it took me to a really different spot. And I realized I wasn't looking at just, pardon me, but another UFO book. Um, and I was looking at something that hadn't been done quite that same way before. And when I started applying it to my, my career and to my father, um, something very different fleshed out of it. And I realized that, uh, I had, I had gained another piece of myself and in a way gained something for my dad. Um, and I had, I had kind of angsted writing that forward because it was going to be really easy to me to write a forward that wasn't going to matter to anybody. And that wasn't going to mean anything to Graham that was going to hit all the right check marks and, and sound nice. But, um, what I saw there, what Graham had created was more than just a book. I mean, he had, he had truly went around the corner in a way that nobody had before. And so in, in about a period of a few hours, um, I meditated, I thought about it. And uh, as usually happens for me in the creative process, it all came out in one giant regurgitation. And, um, and I signed it and did a few edits and that was it. Wow, that's, that's I was great. I was completely I, I was completely blown away when I read it. I, I the first thing I did after I got through it, I called my wife through 
and Joe came through and I said, can you read this please? And let me know what you think. Cause she, she, she used to be an English and a drama teacher and she, she's really good at sort of interpreting more than I am what other people write about what I do. Um, and, and she came and she said, that is more than you could have ever wanted. And that was exactly what I thought, but I wanted somebody else to tell me, somebody else who I trusted <laughs> to tell me that. And that was it. And I just, well, you had to pick me off the floor, Sean. So yeah, I would, thank you. I would thank be you. remiss not to mention that there's that, there's a, there's a signal. There's a, there's a vibe that comes with working with the people that some of us, the most of us in this, in this call have worked with that when you give yourself to each other and, and when you're honest, when you're authentic, and when you say that, that this thing that this other person has asked of me, I'm going to give it to them in the way that they've asked for it. There's this connection and flow to it that um, you can call it synchronistic if you like, but there's just such a beauty to it that I wouldn't give it up for anything. I mean, I, and, and you gave me a chance to feel that again. And I, I just I hope you recognize that, that this was more than just something I wrote and more than just your book. This was everyone coming together and, and sharing the energy of this. And I know that's a little woo for folks, but... No, I, I no, I think you're, you're right. It was just so many other things coming together as well. It was people who had helped me beforehand. It was Dan and Olaf coming together, yourself. It was this that kind of synchronicity. And I've never seen that before, you know, or, or especially on something this scale. And it, it, it still continues to completely amaze me. So, yeah. Um, the only thing I was really kind of not surprised about, the thing I'm a bit worried about was that I give you more questions about your father than I answered. <laughs> Well, but it's funny, those questions provide a different context. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've had a, a photograph of my father in his midshipman's uniform from January of 1942 for a very long time and a story that doesn't fit because he was in the Army Air Corps. And the story that I got from him was about a stolen airplane and getting kicked out of the, the Navy <laughs> and having to, to write letters to, to gain a good enough reputation to then enlist in the Air Corps. And while I believe that, I'm starting to wonder if that was a cover story for other efforts my father may have been working on that allowed him to go from service to service. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, you gave me a lot of fun now. I had a story. Now I, have, now I have a new story to look at. But, I mean, I think a lot of people share your stories, Sean, uh, that had fathers or, you know, yeah. whatever, um, that were in the war and didn't really want to talk about it because it was brutal you know yeah and sometimes they don't even want to hear thank yous they just want to erase it and move on because man there was a lot of people lost their lives you know a lot of people and it was a serious thing that happened so yeah you know i, I think that really hit a lot of people so yeah we have a very different um military culture now than we did then that was a different time people were asked differently not everyone was asked some people were told um yeah. and the the sense of urgency was shared by everyone globally um and so it was it was a very different time and i and our our psychiatric and psychological um you know the infrastructure that we had waiting for our veterans when they came home was relatively non-existent so it, it's uh it's pretty heavy and then there's not a lot of that generation left that has a chance to to heal from these aspects so i was, I was very honored to be a part of this yeah can i just say it really touched me because it took me it was a beautiful um piece of writing and i felt like i was transported there but it made me think of my grandfather who passed away 20 years ago and it made me think 
maybe I should have asked him more about the war, but then you think, well, maybe he didn't want to talk about it, but it, it was just nice to feel that connection to my old people that I've lost back in the past. So thank you for that, for just bringing that back to me. Yeah, we've, we've deif you're, pardon me, I, you're welcome. We've, we've deified that generation. And in some ways it's, um, it's not fair. Those were men and women. Um, they, they, they needed the same things we need. So thanks for recognizing that. No, thank you. And it's nice to finally meet you. You too. Briefly. You too. You too. Hey, are really you on a motorcycle? Yeah, me too as well. Yes. <laughs> we, we've only corresponded over, over uh, private networks. It's the first time I've had a face-to-face -face chat with you, Sean. So I'm grateful for I, that. I, I totally agree. There, you, you folks are some people that I, I really want to get a chance to shake hands with, share a pint with. I think that we're going to get to do that. Um, but there's just so many people on that list. I've, I've grown to to know a great many people I never thought I'd get to know. I get a piece of them that that is a little different because of the way we share. And I just want to thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you Thanks. so much. Um, I'm kind of like new to like being open about um, the subject. And I've, I've had my first experience at five, so I've been in the subject, just afraid to talk about it because of stigma. So I want to thank you for coming on to my little channel. And um, thank you, Graham and Dan, for setting this up. And um, if you want to hang out longer, you can. I know you're uh, in the middle of something, so I really appreciate your time. I know time is so precious. So. I would hang out. I would hang out, but my daughters are waiting for me to, to oh, meet no them at problem. lunch. So no I'm, I'm not going to miss that. As much as I want to be with Absolutely. you guys, I want to be with we them a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Thanks, Take Sean. care, man. Take care. Take care. Say hi to Dan bye -bye. for me. I try bye. not to miss him. Bye-bye. We will. We will do. <laughs> See ya. Oh, that was awesome. Thank you wow. so much, Dan, later on, whenever you come in, and Graham for setting that up. I was so afraid to message Graham. And I finally was like, I'm just like, I see him on Vinny's lives. But but I don't know. Like, I just have so much respect for everybody that has been, you know, at the forefront of this. And uh, so I was afraid to message Graham initially. And then um, I was like, it would be really cool. Like, I messaged Dan because I've talked to Dan a little bit. You know, he's... Um, I probably talked to him more and then Olaf, I kind of know from his artwork and just like sharing it, like, this is awesome, you know, like, <laughs> that's great. So um, I was just like, I should message, like when I started messaging you guys about it and then I was like, he's not gonna answer. He's not gonna know who you are. And then I was like, well, I could ask Graham because he's in his <laughs> book. But then I was like, oh, don't be greedy. You've already got Graham. So like, that was my whole thought process. So um, yeah. that was really Priscilla, Priscilla, You we are really good story. at and you just should blow the doors down in, yep. like you are and continue to do that because you are a very strong, smart woman and we need that so bad. So I'm super yeah. happy that yeah. you're we, really, we have a we have a saying really doing this. we have a saying up we have a saying up our part of the world is called shy bands getting out. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right, exactly. And that's where I came to like the conclusion. Like I think once um once I realized, okay, well, everybody started with like the beginning of their channel, the beginning of exactly. their account. Um, I feel guilty for not stepping up sooner and making the channel and talking about the subject, but it doesn't matter because I'm here now. And I feel exactly. like I know, you know, I've experienced a lot and read a lot about the, you know, not the Foo Fighters, obviously, because everything I read was a lie, apparently, after reading the book. So, yeah, thank you for lining that up. And Dan, when he gets here, I will thank him, too. So you have like a lot of really great chapters in here, um, a little bit out of everything. There's pictures kind of scattered um, within. 
And speaking of Dan, let's bring him in before we carry the conversation on, because I know he's at an event right now and he's stepping aside for to be here. So, hello, Dan. Thank you hello. so much for taking time to your event. You're sneaking off for a minute. Thank you so much for showing up. Thank you so much for making great artwork, and thank you for lining up, Mr. Cahill, to pop in. He just left, so thank you, thank you, thank oh, you. Oh, I missed him by like a second. He did. Yeah, he was on a tennis thing. <laughs> oh, that's thing, unfortunate. So. He sends his best regards. Hug emoji. He does. <laughs> How are you? This, this is the first time for me with a few of you guys. Priscilla, this is the first time yeah. we've spoken, and yeah. Sean as well. Like Whereas Vinny, yeah. Vinny and Graham, you know, I'm, I'm over those guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> it feels like I've met you because I'm always like messaging you about this and that. And um, I remember you're like, I'm working on a secret project. And I'm like, oh, what is it? You're like, I can't tell you. <laughs> oh, great. There's all the artists. Now we have Olaf popping in. Cool. Hello, Olaf. Hey. Thank you so much for joining Olaf. us. Um, this Olaf. Is Olaf. Super excited for I, I just realized I was meant to message Olaf just before I came on. I totally forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard you. I heard you in my Tele heart. Telepathically, oh. yeah, we're, we're entangled now. <laughs> Well, while we have you guys, I'm, I know it's a Saturday night and people have like fun things to do um, besides um, talking to me. So thank you so much for coming, taking the time out of your day, of course. Thank you for the amazing artwork. I'm wearing one of the shirts with the artwork on it. Um, oh, yeah. Very see. cool. I got Check the whole one. <laughs> so and, tell and me about, just to like, say as well, guys... that you guys, by buying those things, you're supporting Project Galileo because every month I donate the, the take-ins from the Foo Fighters to um abby loeb and project galileo so you you guys you guys are helping it's really good that's great yeah, that's yeah. a great thing because you guys put so much work into it for you to uh donate is just it just says so much about your character and i think that i mentioned to dan before like his artwork and yours as well will also kind of bring like this energy with it and we were kind of like talking over message one time i was talking to dan and he was like um, well, I don't. I won't sit down and make something unless I'm feeling it, basically. So, how did you two set up to do this? That. Like, how did this happen? It's freaking beautiful. Like, it's in the background. Thank you for sending me the nice picture because I was just stealing it from Amazon. Dan's like, let me send you like a real nice picture. <laughs> so, how did you guys do this? How did you accomplish? And we're all like, holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh -oh. I'm the now. I'm the only one without my copy of the book. <laughs> So um, how did you guys do this? This is a big deal. Like you guys are in different areas, right? You didn't like hang out and do this. You guys did it remotely. Uh, how yeah, did this happen? Right. Like how was the process? What were the thoughts behind it? I mean, I've, I've told the story, so I kind of want Olaf to take the, the <laughs> No pressure. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I don't remember how we agreed the official story was so i'm just improvising a bit here but but i had like a strong intuition that i wanted to to create uh, an image that was uh, more about the uh, uh, like a real foo fighters experience uh, so so then i was looking around and i couldn't really find anything and and i wrote to dan and like i mean could you help me out and maybe find a, a real good case so so i can get some real information about it and then he, he was like hmm, i'm gonna talk to to graham uh so i'll get back to you and then he had like a like a long description of the case and like all the details and and we could ask questions and then it was like 
like maybe if we if we make this picture together and just work it out, uh, he he can use it in his book even. So it was like it, we we didn't even know what the image was gonna be for, and then it turned out to be the cover, uh, and we wow. didn't even know. <laughs> That's awesome! Amazing. Yeah, it was it was really wild. We uh the the day that it was really funny because we we kind of had the idea and. Olaf will know this when when you kind of make arty bits you just end up with a folder full of half finished images and ideas and that's kind of where that was for the longest time and then the day that Olaf and I both kind of felt yeah we're gonna start today and we started kind of you, you know we woke up and we both got in coffee and we were just jumping in that was the day where Graham kind of formally asked us to do the cover and it could just yeah. it was really serendipitous as it all came about you know at exactly the right time so it was just like, yeah, great. This is, this is going to work out really, really nicely. That's amazing. I just want to say a quick I was, hello, Olaf. This just is the stunned. first time we spoke. <laughs> yeah, I've never met you before, Olaf. I've never met Olaf. We've spoken for months. <laughs> yeah. For months, man. It's, it's a pleasure yeah, to, to finally talk to you. Yeah. I'm always like Likewise. sharing your stuff. I'm like, you must think I'm like totally fangirling, but I'm not. I really, like, since I can't make good art or beautiful art, I really like appreciate those that can. And I was like fascinated that your art, your art, your art and dance art is so different, but um, you were able to combine it in a way that represents both of your styles. That must be really hard because the artists I do know are like, this is my work. This is my, you know, like they're very, <laughs> and I get it because they put so much into it. Like art is an emotional thing. You're not an yeah. artist if you don't have these big feelings that you put into something. Uh, so I just was like, wow, that is really cool for them to just like, combine both of their styles in a way cohesive and gorgeous so i have on my computer i saved these because i thought it was a really cool kind of thing to look back on when we were at the end uh initially when we had the idea Olaf and i just made two drafts on our own of what it kind of was in our head and then we exchanged the drafts and started to talk and really kind of dive in but it's funny to kind of look at them and reflect because i really think the final thing looks like kind of a baby of the two the two different styles they're really really different let me let me find them um i'm able to share my screen right i think so um if i i, I let me know if i had to do something um <laughs> this is my first time using like the the big girl version of Streamyard. So i don't know how to allow you Finny, how you'll do see it you? you'll see it pop in the bottom as if it's another person coming into the chat so you just oh, then add, add that okay. all right Vinny's gonna walk me through this he's like you need a countdown you need to <laughs> background i'll look better use this background <laughs> he's been helping me through so I will look oh, and see if as long as I got you both here, I should probably have you commit to creating the artwork for my next album. Oh, oh. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> we okay, always I need new pro projects, you know. <laughs> nice, nice pitch there, Sean. Yeah. yeah good. <laughs> what, what, did you, what did you say earlier, Graham, about um, you don't get what you don't yeah, ask Shy bands <laughs> get apps. Yes, definitely. <laughs> That's the spirit. So it's your fault. <laughs> hey, it's, always, it's always my fault. <laughs> okay, so Just I think there should share. be... There should be someone. I press share my end, and there should be a, a window for you to invite okay. into the chat. Now, I think. So I'm just going to bring <laughs> these two images up just so you guys can see them. Welcome to infinity. Oh, wait, not that one. Here we go. Wow. Wow. 
oh, what am I doing? Hold on. <laughs> we're all into it. We're like, that's amazing. He's like, what am I doing? <laughs> Here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, what have I done? There you go. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Can you guys see those? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. Wow. So You're this right. left one yeah. is mine, and this right one is Olaf's. And I think you can really see how they came together. Um, yeah. For if I, I think yeah, I totally. can select this one as well. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> hey Grim, so like the the actual flying discs that was only seems like it was go. like one episode out of all these, eh? Well, this is this is sort of the first episode in the book, if you like, because it's one Sweet. of the the first it's one of the first cases that there's actually any proper information about. Um, there are things that happened before this particular case, which actually happened in March right. 1942, but they're they're not that well documented there's only kind of hints to the to the actual things that happened so yeah. all you've got is a few intelligence reports with the words you know peculiar cases but there's very little meat so there's nothing i could actually look into and i couldn't chase up um yeah. so i was hearing you know bits and pieces or reading bits and pieces about it but there's nothing actual definite so i wasn't going to put in things that i couldn't really verify or or give people um you know so a, a file reference to go and look up themselves so yes i've mentioned them and that's why the date of the book starts in 1940 uh but you know in terms of aerial kind of cases there aren't many there are some ground cases from it there's one from belgium from about may 1940 which i've included in the book but that's because you know you can find a source for that information but um in in terms of the rf cases apparently there are as early as june 1940 but it's very difficult to track that information down funny enough i'm still trying to do that but I can't yeah. find anything. So yeah, no, it's just the history of the disc is so yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. artwork's how it came together. So it makes. I still don't know how you guys did it. If I could see it, but <laughs> holy cow, like you guys must have been like. Okay, let's merge this. Let's merge that. Let's merge this. Well, the two of them nearly need, the, yeah. the two of them nearly needed new computers, didn't you both? Because yeah, 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 I mean, it, it started just like I think it was like this big, wasn't it, Olaf? Yeah, it was just around here. And then as we realized we needed it as a wraparound cover, we just kind of kept extending it, and it got so big that our computers <laughs> just were giving up. Yeah, well, it happens. <laughs> it does it's really cool all, all the stars in the sky are correct as well um so if you were so inclined yeah, you could different. kind of map them and figure out the, the i was gonna ask that what are the nuggets that you hid in there because i know you always yeah, have like, tons of nuggets in there. <laughs> yeah. there there was a, a little um a bit of a sinky one actually you you guys will appreciate if you see in uh Olaf's signature you've got the three three which is one of your power numbers right yeah <clears throat> um and when i was kind of looking at the dates for the the moon i picked the 11th just because i wanted kind of that nice kind of full moon so we accidentally mm -hmm. kind of imbued it with those those power numbers and, and we're both you know we're, we're into our meaningful numbers so it, it when when we realized at the end and we were reflecting on it and talking about what different things meant to us we realized we both kind of accidentally done the same thing which was uh wow. yeah That's we're entangled crazy. We're, we're, I, I don't know what happened, but yeah, just <laughs> we synced. Yeah. But Laura says she just ordered a copy, um, even for the artwork. Like I had it on Kindle right away because I had like 
um, so many books laying around. My husband's like, uh, more books. And I ordered it <laughs> while he was gone, trying to be sneaky. And of course, the day he gets it back, it shows up. <laughs> it's like, there's no hiding this. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's the first time reading, I walk yeah. around like this. Everyone's like, I'm some nerd. So yeah. I'm like, is it going to be to divorce me? Probably not. But um, I was like, I needed like the real one. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same. I started with Kindle and then. Yeah, got, got part way through, and I was like, I, I need the physical copy. I just he wasn't that, a friend, you know. That feeling <laughs> in my hand. Um, just moving on slightly, we were just talking about the sources and the story behind the the cover and that. One thing that did stand out to me was just the different things that were witnessed, sizes, shapes, yeah. all within those five That's years. Um, but one one that I really did note down that really stood out was there was actually a sighting of four black triangles. Um, yeah, a Spitfire flying over Alnwick. I mean, that, Al Anik, that yeah. stood out. Yeah, An Anik, yeah. yeah, that really stood uh, out yeah. to me. Yeah, that's that's actually only a few miles from where I live in Northumberland. Funny enough. Um, so yeah, there was a coastal operational training unit pilot. Uh, not, this is uh, beginning of January 1944, and he's flying from well somewhere down south up towards his base in Aberdeen, um, and he sees these big flying these four fly, uh, black triangles over over the town. Um, he was quite high up as well. Um, but now the, this is the thing with this one that the actual case, the the, the source of the information is from um, the station records book, which must be Dice, which is at Aberdeen Airport. But I looked right. for those files and I asked the national records to come up with them and they can't find them anymore but that's where the original source of the document comes it comes from a very obscure book but I can't now find the the files so I've got the I've got the information regarding the case but to go and look it up and find out where that information supposedly comes from I can't find it so one of my targets next time I'm, I'm at the national archives is to get a hold of those records and I'm going to look for myself because, unfortunately, the staff are notorious sometimes for not being able to locate things in the time frame they're allowed when you when you try and order things remotely. Because when you've got right. like 15 minutes to search through a case through a, through a, fa a, a, a file rather, and the file can be rather thick, and they might have to go through lots of pages and stuff. So sometimes it's there. Oh, we can't. We haven't got enough time to find this. Which just just mm -hmm. the vagaries of the records. If you go in person, it's a different story. So that's one of my targets. So I'm going to get to the bottom of it somehow because it's a very local story to me as well. So it was one that intrigued me and it's one of the Black Triangle stories. So it's quite important because you're setting that kind of, um, you know, that calendar further back than most people believe they started as well. So, yeah, it's quite on intriguing. that note, Vinny, uh, one of my notes was on a metallic arrow. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I no way. That, <laughs> yeah. It was like the morning there's so many different like, um, different types of shapes represented in all these uh accounts. It's just like like these things are like all over the place. It makes you wonder and the and the upturned know, bathtub. Yeah, that <laughs> I've also got <laughs> the, the metal funny, spheres that are like dripping metal. Like yes, so many yep. strange objects. Yeah. But then again, it's, it's a microcosm. It's a microcosm, isn't it, of everything that went afterwards? Because you know, when when the the so-called modern day started in 1947, which from what I'm written, presumably people now think, well, maybe that's not the case. But mm. there was a kind of, you know, you had this all the kind of gamut of all the different shapes from then onwards, and we still get that today. Yeah. So this is just the yeah. same, but maybe just on a slightly smaller scale, you know. So I don't think anything's changed really. No. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. We were I was talking to I think when I invited Olaf, he said something, and I was like, dude, he needs to make like a university level class on this because this is something you could really like, like you've studied it. Yeah. 
but you need to like do some sort of class or curriculum around it because I'm like a, I'm such a nerd for textbooks I still have all my molecular bio textbooks and stuff but to me this is like this is like a textbook of like World War II history Foo Fighters and like also like all the different interesting characters that came forward like well I built the German I thought that was really cool because that's what you hear right the Germans were hiding it and you 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 named all these people and you kind of named their little stories. And I was like, these guys are funny. Like they're kind of contradicting themselves. And <laughs> but it's like the whole history of that. Cause as far as I knew, like everything I read was saying that. And everything that I saw, like pictures of the Foo Fighters, um, were the ones that you kind of called out in the book. So I feel like you could like people should immerse themselves in this book as if they were taking a class, because I'm gonna reread it now, um, because I want to remember a lot of this stuff. Um, because you know when you read something the first time, you don't take it all in. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think that you need to do like a little like YouTube session and give us like a class per chapter, because I think that I know that you probably do are going to do that, and, you know, bigger things. But dude, like, no, really, I, like, you can yeah. start people for it. I would say like, I want to know, I want like you, you're teaching us in the book, but it's just like, you know, a textbook. Like, sometimes your professors have textbooks and they have a they have more to add to it. Like you said, some stuff got left out that you wanted in. So you either do that, you make us a class or you make us a second volume. <laughs> I'm waiting for the second volume of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, I was a professor right? on my boot camp series, so. <laughs> yeah. what, what was that done? Sorry. <laughs> Am I right in saying when when we say second volume, it's going to go to a slightly different part of the globe? It is, yeah, because that's what I'm working on next. <laughs> I, ruined it for you. <laughs> I think I'm turning well, Japanese. I really well. It's the bit that I'd left out. It's the, all the bits I left out of this one that it just couldn't fit because obviously a lot went on in the Pacific. So that's the next bit I have to look at. But then again, that involves me now going to the American records because there'll be more in there than there is for the RAF. Whereas yeah. that was it was the other way around for the European side. So you can um, sleep so at yeah, Oh, thank you. Take you Here's the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the Churchill chapter was kind of funny. I'm like, oh yeah. How is he getting involved in like everything? I didn't even hear about that conspiracy until your book. And and to be honest, I haven't looked in the Foo Fighter um, phenomenon a lot because, like you said, everything's kind of like it's small excerpts. So it's cool. Like we went from these like little articles here and there. And you know, people trying to write books about it, but then you debunked a lot of that and trying to write articles about it, and you kind of like were like, well, this doesn't make sense, you know. Um, and then you're like, no, it doesn't at all. So I think that um, it's just it's super detailed, and I don't even know where I was going with that. So yep. <laughs> I, I was just, it's an important book, I think. I, I haven't like gone into it properly, but I you know skipped around, read a few bits, and I read into the story, you know, that that we did the art for. And they, there was a there was a Foo Fighter show on not too long ago, and it was yeah. called Foo Fighters, and it was meant to be you know multiple episodes all about the Foo Fighters. And within episode one, for about ten minutes, they spoke about the Foo Fighters, and then it was on to Roswell and the Nimitz yeah. and all of that stuff. And I I literally watched it, and Graham had finished the book at that point, and I remember looking at the book and just thinking, this is going to be an excellent reference book for the next time they make a show like this. It's going to be four episodes of actual Foo Fighter stuff instead of you know, because Graham's done the work. It's super important. A lot of Absolutely. work. It's amazing. I just I can't get over like I've done research for um, the college level classes and for my internship with, you know, like virology, microbiology and molecular bio. But like this is totally different. This is history. And um, I'm just super impressed. I know it's not easy to find sources, especially like this, because it's not right in front of you. It's not in a um, 
it's not like in a it's not in a database like you made a database so um awesome about wow. that Vinny, is there anything else that really that stood out to you yeah i think uh, what i found interesting maybe even slightly amusing was that towards the end of the war we started seeing the odd headline appearing in like news oh. things um there was one that stood out and it was secret weapon resembles yule decoration in the international news service so they were really like putting yeah. these stories out there that but it, it reminded me almost of a tabloid headline that we'd see these days you know I thought that really it was, was almost interesting. Like, it, it was also kind of like a, a kind of a, a spoof story for Christmas, uh, how that came out. But that was because the and that was only based on the things that they'd actually seen in, in 1943 and 1944. So yeah. those were those kind of sphere, those fears that they'd seen in the daytime. Nothing in that story really was about the well, what the Americans called the Foo Fighters, which were the nighttime lights. So yeah. it was quite surprising that those those stories were from months beforehand, but they were just percolating through into popular press then. But obviously, as things gathered momentum, the Foo Fighters suddenly became number one story, you know, in terms of that kind of thing. In Newsweek, in Time, they were published in those publications beginning like mid-January 1945. And then they went into provincial newspapers as well because it was all syndicated to a different degree. Yeah. Um, so you'll get different bits of the same stories coming up here, there, and everywhere. So everybody got to hear about them. Uh, it was quite mm -hmm. strange, but... It, it obviously didn't per, it didn't sort of resonate with a lot of people because you know for 50 years this this kind of subject just went nowhere everybody had those yeah, same yeah. small number of reports that were in that american legion magazine article from december 45 and that's all people thought it was so nobody seems to have actually gone much further um or if they have they got nowhere because presumably the archives weren't open to people to research in the way that they are nowadays so that might have been part of the problem as well but I think that's the reason why for 50 years it was quite moribund. You know, nothing really happened with it. In the yeah. book, yeah, you said, yeah, you were mentioning 1999 or something was the year that mm. that kind of changed. 95. 95. Yeah, right? 95. Interesting. Yeah. There was... You've also so, mentioned somewhere in here that this started like a very long time ago for you, this interest, right? Because yeah. I was reading a part and um, it said something like in the 1980s, you started actually looking into this sort of thing. So... It's been has it's just been like a lifelong uh, interest for you, and you're finally like I'm going to do research yeah. on it. Like, yeah. So I've been interested in airplanes since about the age of four or five, when my mum started buying me model FX kits, uh, yeah, airplane kits to keep me quiet. You know, so <laughs> I, I all had like models of Spitfires and Hurricanes and Meshmets and things like that hanging from my bedroom ceiling. Um, and of course, when you, you build these things that have little kind of pot, uh, little hot histories of the aircraft, there's a few paragraphs in the instructions. And that got me interested in wartime airplanes. So I just kept reading more and more things from the library, started buying books on my own, got them for birthday presents, all that kind of thing. And that got me interested in the war. It got me interested in German secret weapons because I wanted to know about um, you know the rockets and the flying bombs and things like that. And there were actual documentaries on BBC on the BBC at that time in the 1970s when I was growing up, when I was you know, 10, 9, 10 year old. I also got interested in ufology when I was about 9 or 10 because my mum bought me a book thinking it was a science fiction book, which I was actually interested <laughs> in as well. So, because the covers Whoops. were quite the same. You know, well, the Isaac Asimov um, novels had these kind of like wonderful kind of illustrations of spaceships on the front of them. Uh, the book that my mum <laughs> bought me from the shop had a flying saucer on the front. It looked to her, it looked the same. And she gave me and said, oh, there's no one, those books, Graham. And I, I started reading it. It was, it was it was fact, it wasn't fiction. It was like, oh, wow. And so that just, just that made my head explode, you know? So that, that Trying to get model saucers. Yeah. <laughs> so Actually, I've got my mum to blame 
for the aviation and the flying saucers, you know, wow. and, and probably I can blame her for the wartime stuff as well at some stage, because she used to tell me about her experience of living through bombing raids through World War II. Wow. Um, so, you know, I've got that kind of history to look back on. So everything for me with the Foo Fighters came together because I was interested, you know, it's the, it's the aviation element, it's the historical element, it's the ufology element, it all meshes together. So, yeah, exactly, Sean, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, as I've said to other people before, and, and I'm sure some of you have heard me say this already, that this is a book I would have liked to have seen, but I didn't think anybody was going to write it. And I couldn't see anybody writing it soon because I've been waiting for a long time for something like this. So I thought, well, if I'm, I got to the point where I think I thought if I wasn't going to write it, nobody else would. So that's that's why it's come up. And also, there have been attempts to write things like this before. And people like Keith Chester, who I've actually been in contact with over the last few weeks, he did a good, good job in a good job in writing strange company back in 2007 he says himself it's a pioneering work and he says it did have you know one or two mistakes in it after he, you know after he'd written it but i looked at that when i read it and i thought well these things also need to be maybe put right but you know I'm, i don't mean that in, a, in a, an arrogant way it's just obviously you, you do need to put the record straight a few times just yeah. so people don't go down the wrong path and i'm sure somebody will look at my book in five years time and maybe I've made a, I might have made a mistake or two as well, and I'd love for them to say, "Oh no, Graham, you've got this yeah, wrong. This is what it should be." You know, so <laughs> well, you know, you, you know, you never know. You know, so I'll, I'll hold I like my hands up. I know. It's right. Can I? Uh, I don't know how much time we have, but I did want to ask you something, Graham. Like, um, mm. you know, you mentioned in this book how like there were planes and, and weapons being deployed out here probably yeah. months before they should have been, or, or yeah. we found out about them months afterwards or, or whatnot. Did, that had to make it very, very confusing and difficult, even more difficult for these pilots uh, to figure out what they were, you know, encountering. All the way through, it's just a case of, they didn't think these things were UFOs or flying saucers or aliens right. because all that was that was all in the future. It was three yeah. years or four years down the line. So everything was just couched in the in the language of German fly uh, German secret weapons because what yeah. else would it be? They were always right. expecting new things to come down the turnpike because that was how it worked. Either the British invented something new, or the Americans, or the Russians, or, or the Germans, and mostly it was the Germans because they were very good at coming up with stuff. It might not work, or it might be you know stillborn on, on the drawing board. But they came up with stuff, a lot of st different things, um, and things were you know put into combat, and some of them worked, some of them didn't. But there was always a lot of new stuff, and then they got intelligence reports of things coming you know down the track as well. So they were always expecting things, and then of course when they were fielding jets in the daytime and these rocket aircraft during the daytime in the summer of '44. It was natural to think that these things would get fielded at night at some stage. So they started reporting them because they were seeing things were moving really quickly through the sky, but they were just lights. So what would you call them? Well, you wouldn't call them right. aliens. You'd call them jets yeah. because well, they're, they're doing the same as what the jets are doing during the daytime, except because we can look at the historical record and we I know the deployment agree, yeah. and the development details of these aircraft. You know, we know because we've got historical records and the pilots and the, the and the designers and everything to look back on. We know that they weren't around or were deployed or whatever at the times they say they were. And yet these things you know, actually appear in the official records, the RF, 
and also for the United States Army Air Force. So there's a bit of a kind of, you know, um, as, a, as a decision to be made as, well, what were they? Um, but they weren't what they said they were. They were something else. But it was very convenient yeah. for the Allies just to say, look, that's what they are. And yeah. you're talking about the, like, what was in the flak report, basically, the, the like, the sky mines or that or like meteors or fire or big popular fireworks or whatever well yeah there was the shine signal raquette the um the decoy rocket because that was right. the thing that they thought they were seeing a lot of the time right. um okay. which were like just dummy flares to try and simulate allied targeting flares but you had that so that was one thing they thought there might have been but they yeah. also thought they were you know measurement 262 uh, jet fighters or those me163 rocket fighters uh, that right. was a popular thing because these little bat-winged kind of little dark Kind of shape things were seen flying around but that aircraft never flew at night and yet it was being reported at night quite a lot so what was what was something like that whizzing around at really high speed and also sometimes getting shot down you know that was another thing that didn't make any sense whatsoever you know so oh uh, yeah and one thing that stood out to me as well is... <laughs> one thing that, that stood out to me is they were calling these things jets, but with a single yeah. light on the nose. And these were seen oh, that, everywhere, yeah. no northern Italy, everywhere. And these were so common, but they couldn't figure out what it was because that, that nose light, as they were calling it, was just all they could mm. see in the, in the dark skies. And Well, it yeah, wasn't even the strange. fact it was a nose light. It was just, that's what they were saying they were because, again, it was like this kind of jumping conclusions to what things were. There was yeah. about six months' worth of analysis done through the official records. You can, tra you can trace it month by month through Bomber Command's operational research section. And they come up with these big tables of, of numbers of lights and whether they think they're night fighters or whether they're approaching the aircraft or whether they're just following or doing other things. Right. And it's just number after number after number. Um, and, and they'd say themselves in the analysis that they can't even work out whether there are aircraft you know, carrying the lights half the time <laughs> or even more than half the time. It's just a light. And it wasn't just orange, red, there was sometimes yellow, even blue lights occasionally. Yeah. Now, you know, yeah. the, 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 and as I, I say in the book, the Germans never exper experimented with um, airborne searchlights. They did actually have an infrared searchlight, but that's a different thing entirely. Well, and that, in that, those, experiments ne those experiments never went anywhere anyway. So, you know, what, why were they flying around with lights which say, kill me now? They might as well just paint a <laughs> yeah. big target on, on the aircraft and say, shoot me yeah. down, you know? So there's no, there's yeah. no military reason for doing it. It is the same the story. Yeah. You know, in the yeah, 50 sightings, like, early 60 sightings, so. it's the same. Hmm. And yeah, when a lot it, of the... there's nothing like that. Like nowadays, we like we have drones, we have like hmm. all types of drones, we have different things, you know, different types of firecrackers now. Uh, we have so many like different types of aircraft now that are advanced, or what we would think is advanced now. They didn't have that then, so like they really had to relate it to something new, and it was the rockets or some secret German weapons. So that makes exactly. a lot of sense. Yeah, and a lot the terminology of terminology. Sorry, go on, yeah, go sorry. The, the terminology. Yeah, sorry. Just going to answer Priscilla there. The, the terminology changed because at one stage they just called them lights, and then they started calling yeah. them rockets because that's what they were expecting, and then they called them jets because again that's what they were expecting. Um, so that's why the terminology changed. You can see a kind of progression through the years as to what mm. they started calling them, and then it got the point where oh, they just must have been Me Two Six Twos, and that's how they <laughs> left it. Because that's that's when you get the last air ministry kind of word on the subject of after the end of the war. It's just oh yeah, that's what they were, and you think, okay, yeah, you know, they just they couldn't be bothered after the end. They just gave up. 
that, yeah, that's you know that, that's that's where you get to. Like, what's with all the peace fighter jets that never seem to hurt us? <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know? That was what. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. Is that yeah. the the air crew was seemed to find it strange that a lot of these objects mm -hmm. failed to carry out any type of attack. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you've got lights which are following. You've got yeah, it's war. You're right. You've got air. You've got lights which are following aircraft for up to two hundred and fifty miles towards their targets. Now, if you're you know any self-respecting German night fighter pilot, is going to want to shoot down a bomber before he drops his cargo of bombs on a German city or a German industry or or what have you. You know they're not going to stooge around in the middle of the night just going, oh yeah, we're just going to follow him, you know, a thousand yards yeah. behind, him, sit on his tail and just wait. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, he's having a great, oh he's having a Make lovely flight across stuff. Germany. Oh look, yeah, he's just dropped these bombs. Oh well, shoot him down now, shall we? No, it, it didn't work <laughs> right. that way. You know. They used to fly underneath the bombers and have these little, they have this what they call Schwarz Musik, the, 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 the jazz music guns, which went fired upwards and they would just blow holes wow. in their fuel tanks because they were completely wow. unprotected from above and we didn't have gun turrets underneath our aircraft. So that's what they've developed at one stage. And that's that how they used to shoot us down. Or they would close really close from behind and shoot upwards from below and behind the aircraft. They didn't just follow you know, just follow bombers for the hell of it. That was the idea. So what were these lights? And the mm -hmm. RAF got the point where they just didn't know and they just gave up trying to work out because as you say, Vinny, it was war, but they weren't doing anything. They were just right. flying around. Yeah, and the so crew were getting really good, good views of the lights because they had the astro oh, yeah. in the Lancasters and that. So they had mm -hmm. clear sight. And okay, it might yeah. just be a bright light, but it wasn't like they were trying to like look through small windows or anything, right. you know, especially the right. this is what people assume, right? It's it's the same these days. They just mm -hmm. assume, oh no, it's it must be reflection. You yeah. you must have been looking at your milkman's brother's reflection of the ball he was holding. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. some nonsense like that, just a comedy of errors. And yeah. people just don't realize is how abundant the these cases are like they go on yeah well then you no, got fine, me no, tell so have, you know that happens yeah you had to wait you have to remember that these guys were flying up anything up to 30 missions in what they call a tour so they had to fly mission after mission until either they were shot or they were injured so much that they couldn't fly anymore or they got to the 30 missions so you know, after a few missions, they got to know what they were seeing in in right. you know over the skies. So whether they were flares or whether they were you know night fighters or whether they were exhaust stacks, the, the flames coming off exhaust stacks from other airplanes, you know, or aircraft being shot down, uh, because it had that kind of flare that they thought it was called a scarecrow. It was all around the reports, and it was a kind of perpetuated myth that the Germans had come up with this kind of scare device. It was like a morale defeating weapon that simulated a bomber exploding in midair. Actually, it wasn't. It was the bombers exploding in midair. Oh, you know? So <laughs> it was called the Scarecrow. So oh, it, it was a thing that they just kept, and you can't really work out whether they were just perpetuating this myth because they didn't want to tell people that's actually what it was, or it was a kind of, we generally don't know that's what I think the Germans have invented this. You know, But these things were seen and were reported quite a lot, but you know, because they do crop, uh, crop up a lot in the reports. But then again, you get also these other reports about these mysterious rockets that zigzag and flight, Follow the you know follow the bombers these lights that follow them the these fast moving jets which were just lights because that's all they actually were yeah. and that's actually admitted in the reports as well and then all these other strange stuff that you know Vinny was saying like the you know the torpedoes and the, and the silver spheres and all the rest of it cotton wool balls in the daytime the swarm of bees in the daytime what the hell that was who knows I got you know? that on my and, book ready to mention really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that comes up like swarms uh, there's drone swarms yep. we can do yeah, all that the little ones you know, right that they were saying history with it. 
So yeah. there's a whole weird kind of cacophony of all these kind of different shapes, sizes, and you know, all the rest of it. Um, yeah. You know, the Germans, the, yeah, you can credit the Germans with a lot of intelligence about a lot of things they came up with. Well, not much of it worked, but they came up with a lot of stuff. But this is something else. Yeah. Something yeah, else entirely. Because like it's just like today, like their people's lives, like the people flying airplanes, the pilots, their lives depend on identifying things. So yeah, I just don't see how some people can say, like, oh, well, they mistook it for something. Then yeah. it's more understandable because they literally didn't have all of the uh, UFO sightings available to them, UAP sightings available to them like we do. Um, they were just, like you said, linking it to something they were familiar with. I do want to say we are a little bit past the hour, so I don't know that we can stay longer. Um, but I don't know if anybody has to go. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to get people, I'm going to ask your book recommendation. And so what I want to do, I want to do the book club monthly, but I want to kind of say like <laughs> at the end, we're going to draw the next books. That way people are involved. So in the comments, get your suggestions in, and then I'm going to take the suggestions of everybody on the panel. We're going to put them in the UIP hat and we're going to pick. Yeah. <laughs> so I have... <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so Sean put his in there um, in the comments. Not Mr. Oh, I was like, no, it didn't. Not Mr. Sitton. Okay. <laughs> the other Sean. <laughs> what was the, the day after Roswell? You're doing day after Roswell? No, I'm not. I'm just saying oh, I think okay, that's what yeah, Sean said. That I was like, okay. <laughs> I did not. I didn't right, say Vinny. that. You're up, Vinny. <laughs> so I think that's you all stupid. probably <laughs> were thinking that I was going to choose this. But I'm not. I was questionable because I was like, it's sketchy, kind of, in some areas that people are saying. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep it loyal, and I'm going to stick with my UAP media colleagues. So I'm oh. going with Adam Goldsacks, unidentified anomalous phenomena. Nice. Unidentified. No, is really that available that in the United too. States of America? I don't know. <laughs> it will. Be. It will be. It's Amazon. So it's it's available for Amazon, so it should be. Adam. If it's not, we'll make it so. I got yours then. Yeah, I would want one anyways. Yeah. Okay, and then what about you, Sean, witness citizen? Uh, I have a couple that I've purchased that I haven't read yet, so this is perfect. Hopefully, they get selected. Um, but I would go with Invisible College. Invisible Ooh. College. Yeah, I'd love to read that. I've read like maybe five percent of it. So, all right, let's go. You, let's you gotta have a woo guy. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> Can't keep reading. I don't know. I'm open to anything that's uh, weird, but also related to UFO. So, uh, Olaf, what's your recommendation? Uh, I was gonna choose this one first. Uh, so, but it's like a, a weird Swedish UFO book wow. from the okay. 70s. So oh, I, wow. I, don't, I don't think you can maybe get it easily. It's called <laughs> uh, UFO, uh, an amazing reality. Wow. Like from that's 71, cool. I think. Well, but no, nice. I, I, I actually haven't read that many books lately. So I would say maybe American Cosmic, uh, uh, like Ooh. I, I listened to that uh, like for an audiobook, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was a, an interesting take on it. Okay, um, repeat nice. it one more yeah. time because I draw like something I've like this down in here. It's American Cosmic by okay. Diane Pasulka. Yeah. Another one I really want to read. Yeah, 
So I can really recommend it. So this will be fun. Then okay, so and Dan, you're up. So I haven't read this book, but it's been on my list for the longest time. And <laughs> I just, I keep circling it and I'm like, I have to get to it at some point because I feel like there's something important in there for me. Um, but I'm going to choose The Eighth Tower by John Keel. <gasps> uh, oh. I'm going to read that like right away. I love Trojan Horse. Did you read that? No, I didn't know. Oh, I, I've got so like good. a stack of books so high yeah. to kind of get yeah. through and they're all Maybe like, very, like books, you know, you save, the, you save the ones that you're really excited about and want to sit down and I just have a big pile of, you know, I'm yeah. going to wait for right. one of this. <laughs> and it was the eighth hour? The eighth tower. The eighth tower. Hour. Okay, I, I was like, tower or hour? Sorry, my audio is kind of like weird right now. I don't know where. Of course, cool. I need to listen. Like That's like, the biggest problem we have today. It's a good day, right? <laughs> yeah. Any day above ground. <laughs> I'd be in the trenches with you. I like positivity. All right, Graham. What is okay. your recommendation? Right. So I was gonna be I was gonna go really clever and just go with the you know the, the Lukatsky book, but I had a rethink uh, later on uh, earlier on this afternoon. I was gonna pick that, but it's in so I'm not, because that's really unfair in people. That's um, uh, Secours de la Volante. So that's one of the uh, Henri, du, um, Henri Durand books, which I mentioned in the Foo Fighters book. So wow. actually, I went, old, I went old school. I was going to pick um, Operation Trojan Horse by John Keel, but uh, Dan's yeah. picked a John, Ke uh, a John Keel reference there. So I'm not wow. going to. And the one, other one I had selected was this, Oldie and Goody. It's Tim Good's book, Above Top Secret. Okay. Yeah, that one, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like how everybody picked different. That's good. Yeah, we got quite the range. Not, and and I like really that none of us picked the Lekatsky book as well. Like, it's it, too we obvious. all thought someone else was going to pick it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. many. It's, it's hard to pick. Um, I picked the Skinwalker book because everybody's, like, in a freaking uproar about it. And now I'm curious. That's cool. So, so you've, and I kind of, like, picked... clipped through it. But and I read the first two chapters, but everybody's like freaking out. So yeah, I mean, I put it in because I had to like read whatever we picked. So good. um, sure. oh, Sean's just gonna what, make a no. list for us. This is the original paperback for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Very cool. If you are gonna read, if you're gonna read one, don't don't read that one. Because that's the one that's mentioned in my book. Uh, <laughs> that's the one right. that's, yeah. <laughs> All right, we have one in the audience, um, Ross Coltart's book, so In Plain Sight. Everyone needs to read that. Great Yeah, book. yeah I read it book. again, because I feel like every time you read it, it's, it's like uh, you learn and you hear something differently. And Sean's just going to keep flashing us with his book collection. <laughs> yeah, I keep looking at him. I've got... I've I got my pile here. Oh, yeah. Guys... Been, you've been showing your pile. I think everybody just needs this to is... post a picture of their Still pile. Everybody this. here has a pile of something. I'm not going to show my do. piles. I'm sorry. Also. Also. I'm out. That's it. Guys. <laughs> Let's see what we're going to read. I mean, if you want to, of course. Um... I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to get right, a pen. I'm going to order it straight away. I use the same kitty. That way there's no, like... <laughs> we should uh, we should probably agree that whatever book it is no one's read yet right uh yeah. I, I read ross Cotard's book but uh okay. i'll read it again because i feel like okay. i always learned yeah that's true 
reading again is always good. And also, to like, be honest, a lot of it, I listened to him. <laughs> yeah. I His impressions, they were oh. great. That's bullshit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we are going to be reading oh, he's, for he's the, best the guy next book club, American Cosmic. Wait, oh, let's do wow. it. That is crazy. Uh, Very a nice. Lot of different nice. I win. Uh, or what? <laughs> I win. You win. You win. I lost. He's like, I'm not going to read it, but I won. You, you've won 10 tickets. You can trade them in at the counter. The only thing that's available are yo-yos, and there are 11 tickets. So unfortunately, you have to wait for my There's stickernicity, uh, I should mention here on that one, is because there's been a couple people, like, uh, unruly almost pushing that book on me to the point where like I'm not going to read it now because this is too much and <laughs> here we are <laughs> here we are yeah gotcha now I have to read yeah, it no, it's <laughs> time it, it's just got up to two hundred dollars uh, on uh, eBay now <laughs> yeah 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 because Graham the author like of New Clothes before Roswell it mentioned it probably went up like a dollar if that <laughs> <laughs> um so do we have any like closing thoughts does anybody have any like last statements they'd like to make about the book other than it was awesome it's very detailed you know the, the it's like it really is who put i think that neil from um put that it was the foo fighter bible so i'm calling so that's <laughs> definitely like accurate i would say wow. so um anything else guys that you want to talk graham, about Jesus. Uh, I, I guess i should put it out and just say thank you to graham for the Absolutely. kind acknowledgement in the book that meant so much when i read that that you mentioned me in it i was like blown away is so, it no it's you. a different vinny Oh, no, but thank you. Uh, I feel awful because a lot of people since then have supported me. You know, people like Sean who never made the, the cut as well. You know, because there's a lot of other people who have supported me since I did the, did that kind of you know the acknowledgements, and I feel awful that I've left them out because yeah. people have been really Bullshit. helpful after that stage. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> you were there from the beginning, so and a lot of people that helped on the book. It seems like you know like, whether it be like support um, or artwork or promotion like and Vinny definitely talked about your book a lot so and I, I want to thank everybody that came uh we got Laura I saw UIP Columbia UIP Youth Josh yeah, was UAP here Joss Josh um who else in this spaghetti was here earlier Mr. Cahill of course Laura Sosa <laughs> Disclosure bro <laughs> thank you bro <laughs> yep. I'd, I'd just like to say that when, when I came on, I heard Graham talking about, and Graham's going to have heard this spiel before, but I, I think it's important to say, yeah. Graham was talking about the fact that he, he looked at other people's work and thought that he could do better. And a lot of people think that that's ego, and I don't. I think that's how we stand on the shoulders of giants. So yeah. if anyone's watching this and they think they can do better, if anyone reads that book and they think they can do better, go do it. We will support you every step of the way. Yeah. Yep. I guess what yeah, I behind. what I would say at the end would be, um, you know, I've I kind of been saying this for a while, and I don't know if it's absolutely true or not, but it's just a feeling I have, and it's that uh, people spend too much time on cases like Roswell in in the famous cases, um, and because of that, in, there's a whole group of people that have no idea how long um, this has really been going on and when it started and um, how all these traits in here 
you know, I've been reading all those OSI files, Grim, and you know that, and reading this, seeing things like half dollar size, uh, a light that follows you, and one that you chase, and when you get even close, it just disappears. You know, like those same things are documented in Air Force files on cases on our country, you know. So, you know, if you really want to know that something is going on and have a sense of truth and disclosure, you can, but you do have to read and put in a little work. And um, Graham just really enlightened me of, you know, how long this has been going on, more so than I already thought. Um, so he really added a huge chunk to disclosure is what he did, you know, and I'm, I'm really thankful for that. So. Absolutely. I like to think I've just I've contributed a little bit towards the put the overall puzzle, it's... and I, I just like you know that that's what I, I you know I hope I might be remembered for. But really, I mean I'm going to come up with something really really selfish here. Um, and just the people in the chat, if you if you've bought the book and you haven't put a review on Amazon uh, before, can you put one on please? Because there aren't there aren't many on Vinny. I know Vinny, you've put one on there, and a couple of other I'll people have, but there's only about there's only about, three, there's, there's only about three reviews on it, you know, so uh, oh I know a lot of people have bought it. So I, I'd love some people to put some more reviews on good, bad, or indifferent. I don't mind, but as long as you know, there's reviews on, uh, it yeah, keeps people looking at it. Is I... Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find it on Amazon, and I um, where can they find I'm going to put it in the link, but where is the shop? You know, what is the shop website? That way people can buy merch and help the Project Galileo or oh, um, the artists. So if you go to thezignal.com, um, across the top bar, there's a T-shirt button. Hit that. That'll take you straight to my Red Bubble store, where um, great. Where and on the way, you'll see those holographic stickers that Sean is so beautifully modeling there. Yeah, I love. Oh them. yeah. I don't. I don't want to lose them though, because now like you've sent me some with like the order, and I'm like, I don't know where to put them. I want them on my car, but I want them in the front because I don't want to get burned on the car. Like... <laughs> oh. Hey there you go. I drink a lot of coffee. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Being I I found out sure. today that someone's actually stolen that art and is selling it on mugs on AliExpress. So yeah. they're all from what? mugs there as oh, well. Yeah. You know? They, they have colored them. handles. I kind of like them. I was like, ah, oh, I'm bummed that they've stolen <laughs> it. They've done a really good job. <laughs> no, but they probably just fall off after a few cups of coffee. That's cheap. Is true. Quite you know? possibly. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You should send all those customers off. freaky messages. You know, you start seeing those things when you drink out of it. <laughs> Just scare them off. Yeah. Okay, it's better than finding like a, I found like a toy car in the bottom of my coffee like several times because I have boys and there's like two and four. You know, like the little like matchbox cars or Hot Wheels. I got yeah, yeah. the bottom of my coffee a couple of yeah. times and I'm like, why is there a toy mm. car in my coffee? Metallic so maybe coffee. I'll find a Tic Tac next time. It's really fast. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, I, can I ask what? Can I can I ask just one thing before we go? Can I just ask any, anybody to just say what the one thing that you would take away from this? If you were t telling somebody about the book, what would be one thing you would tell them? Absolutely. <sighs> my I name, think that my mine would be to like research more because so many people are walking out there not knowing the origin of the word food fighter, not knowing um, that they were not. People are saying that they are German technology, like one hundred percent. And nobody's looked into it. It's just like you said, like people have only researched to a point and they're only researching articles that haven't been researched. So I would say do your research um, and then research that research because that's what you did in this book. And it's 
definitely like look how big it is you know (laughs) there's definitely more knowledge out there if you turn over the rocks i think for me the one thing i took away from it is that the foo fighters to me used to be like a separate it was a disconnected um, part of the subject but now it all flows naturally going and now my history's gone back even further with a smooth flowing connection that just all makes sense fits together um and yeah it really opened my mind so i highly recommend people checking it out um it, it makes it clear that um it there's something in our skies that's been here for uh, over a hundred years i would guess but um and so when people are worried about uh psyops or um our technology or you know foreign countries technology you know we do have great technology but that doesn't explain how the same things have been in our skies harassing our pilots for all these years you know 80 80 years um and you you're not really allowed to say it's not true until you quit in that work and read that stuff for yourself you know so that's yeah. what i got <laughs> i can <laughs> i can add uh, maybe like I, I haven't gotten so far into the book yet. Uh, we had some trouble with the postal office. They were not complying with us, but just like, just how thick the book is. Like this book is filled with things that you've never heard of before. And it's like, like you yeah. said before, like we, we, we've heard about the Roswell incident, like until our ears bleed, like we, we need mm-hmm. to, sink our teeth into like the the more obscure cases and like there's so many of them and if we only can allow ourselves to to like believe maybe a more woo side of a story or any any other kind of aspect that that will make us uh, like like that we open us up to to like start to exploring other cases big picture stuff yeah yeah, it's gonna be good for the entire community i think so Mm -hmm. It's a great book. <laughs> yeah. For, for me, it would be to, you know, there's no such thing as a sacred UFO case. Graham, for me, the, the thing that I love about this book, and I know I haven't read it properly yet, but that I'm excited to get to, is the stuff about whether the Germans build these flying saucers or not. Because I know Graham didn't stop with the myth that people have built for the past 70, 80 years, he dug for the material and the answer is gonna upset a lot of people, but it doesn't mean it's not the truth. So, you know, just try and obliterate your favorite cases because all that's gonna be standing is the truth. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people in this subject, you know, nowadays, I, I just go where the data takes me. I don't have any preconceptions. I don't have any kind of favorites or, you know, I don't want a certain thing to happen. Um, you know, I, I just go where the data takes me. Wherever, if, if it takes to me to the truth, then that's great. But if it takes me to lies, I'll try and call them out as I see them, as I find them. But that's what happens. I don't. I'm not trying to prove something or disprove something because I don't like it or that's my pet theory or something like that. I don't have a theory in here. You know, I was at yeah. pains to say I don't know what they are, and that might disappoint people because I might be looking for the answers. Well, I'm sorry, that's not the book for you if you're looking for an answer. All you'll get in the book is what they weren't, because that's the yeah. what I'm pretty sure I can I can explain. But that's as far as I can go. But I'd hope this is a stepping stone for other people to go and do their own research, and I would love it if that would happen. 
It 100% is. I want you to know that, Gray, and it is. Just is. Yeah. And that's how you find out what things are, is, you know, first finding out what they are not. And that takes, you know, strong, intelligent people like you to to put books like that together to, to help us mark things off the list. You know, and it's not easy to trust people that do that because you're right. Everybody has their preconceptions, not everybody, but a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if they don't realize it and their subconscious may want something to turn out a certain way. And it's hard to fight that and come out with work that's really based on integrity. Um, and after looking, you know, in reading this book, it's pretty clear that you're one of those people. So when someone wants to go research this subject in an honest way, um, you know, you made an incredible tool for them and, and tools like that that you can count on and trust are truly priceless, Graham. So you should be proud of yourself for that. Yeah, it's definitely a reference book if you want to know anything about, you know. And people are like, oh, it's so big. Well, it's big and it's full <laughs> wow. of information, though. It's not just big to be big. Like, there's not a lot of fluff in there. When you tell mm. the stories, they're beautiful. They're they're well, like, you make the illustrations come to life. And when there's facts, you have all the facts that you could find. And if you question those facts, you've got the footnotes to go question those and research <laughs> those. So I love it. I'm just a nerd and I love information. And yes, there's my witchy woo side, but this is like, I, I really love solid research. So thank you so much for creating this for everybody. And everybody leave a review if you haven't. I'm guilty. I will go leave a review. I'm sending one to my uncle because he loves war <laughs> history and he loves UFOs. So in UAP, so he's going to get one. And um Sean's gonna have a dance party. <laughs> I think Sean <laughs> just still here. I really appreciate you coming tonight. I know it's Saturday, and um, <laughs> you might see Sean's ready to go party right after this. Knows. <laughs> yeah, we'll all, we'll go, we'll, we'll all go to Sean's after this, aren't we, for a beer? Right? Yeah, let's go. We'll nope, get, everything's like, normal now, everyone. And... <laughs> I think Sean just had a Mick West Poltergeist moment, though. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my picture fell down. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. yeah. The thing fell off the wall. I just thought they were like yeah. moving the floor or something. It, it was actually, <laughs> you, you didn't see it, Sean, but Mick West ran past behind you and knocked her off. <laughs> no, you mean Mike. <laughs> Mike West, yeah, sorry. Mike West, yeah. <laughs> I love you. You guys are awesome, dude. This is, this is great. This is great. Thank yeah, you so we much, should, guys. We should do this with this cocktail. Thanks, thanks so much for so um, Okay. Um, I appreciate Thank, you. Thanks, so I'll see you guys on Instagram, Twitter, and all that. And I'll be in contact with you, Sean, because I just was like, I want to do research for your research team. So, um, yeah, that's going to be fun. It'll give me like my I need to research. Like I have this need to research since I was university since Super I was little. Grade, so, um, I, I think that's going to be fun. And also next week totally is UFO crash retrieval week, right? Starts yep. tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. Um, I got a and case then, for each day, mother. he's got a document or two for every crash Um, oh we didn't hit the crash in here Ah. oh yeah yeah maybe you'll come on Graham, Mm. talk about that crash yeah that could be his crash retrieval post and Vinny, you have something oh yeah i've i'm i'm live on youtube with um ufo garage or garage depending where you're from (laughs) garage um but yeah joe and ben i love those guys and i can't wait to have them yeah. What about you, Sean? What do you got going on? Um, I have a crash a day on my show next week uh, oh. that I'm going to share. So, yeah, and I've been putting a good amount of research into it. I'll incorporate some of Springfield stuff into some actual documents and just take it as far as I can. Um, 
you know, can I prove anything? No, but I can really uh, take it pretty far to a convincing spot. So we'll see. Awesome. And yeah. anybody else have anything going on they want to tell people about? Um, I'm going to so have grandma. <laughs> week. Andy and I are going to Bob Lazar's and we're going to find that 115 and just give it to you guys. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> just write, just knock it down. Good. Are you going to do it yeah, live? Yeah, we'll find it. We'll, we'll be doing, Andy and I will be doing the show. Um, Please. Sometime in the week, but at the very least, you, you know, on the on the Friday for RKGRA, that would be crash retrieval oriented. Very nice. Cool. I can give you a tease. I'll be showing some moon dust documents that no one has ever seen before, or um, um, where they conducted something here on American <laughs> soil. Nice. Wow, that's a nice teaser. Olaf, anything you have going uh, on this week? I I first wanted to throw a little shout out to UAP Colombia for the Absolutely. awesome animations oh, and yes. videos like really Amazing. top top stuff and and uh, also me and Dan has been working on a little project uh, oh. that we're going to release as well uh, with a, like a little Ooh. skinwalker ranch kind of a vibe uh, so you can look forward to that okay so oh. it's going to be like uh, DOD has a stamp on it, but none of it's true. Yeah, we, we had to, it's been going through the Pentagon for approval for a while. We had to remove one thing from the back of the photo. Uh, it was just a, a real, it was like a rudimentary sketch of Susan Goff. But oh, that's other, uh, we, we replaced her with a lifeless rock instead, so it's fine. We resolved it. It's coming out soon. Oh, that's fake. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, oh man, that's funny. Oh dear. All right, guys. Uh, I know we can do this all night, yeah. but I'm going to say goodbye, everybody. I'll see everybody around. Have a good one. Thanks for everybody that's in the chat still. And follow these Thank guys you, in my description. Thanks, Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Graham. Bye. Thank you. Been a pleasure. Bye, everybody. Good night, guys. Bye. Hold up. Bye. 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 Bye.